politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the one and only CR podcast. You might be viewed as a transhuman, just an organism, a lab rat to our global masters, but here you are a human being, you are a patriot, and we are going to fight for you. Uh, it is Friday, April 1st, and I wish this were all an April Fool's joke. I really do. Um, if you would have told me a few years ago there would come a time when they would create a bioweapon, engage in bioterrorism against us, take away all of our liberties up to and including our breathing orifices. I, I didn't even talk about this yesterday, but there's this article in the Epoch Times of a woman who was a victim of assault when she was younger and had things stuffed down her mouth, and she has panic attacks whenever she has to wear a mask, and she has all these disabilities and needs to see a doctor, and no one will see her without it. This subhuman treatment and I felt guilty I really felt guilty that I felt I always pride myself here trying to skate to where the puck is headed not to where it's been to be ahead of the curve and I'll tell you it took me by surprise I mean as soon as it was evident I fought it right away and then the bioweapon they created to inject in our bodies and I've been working as hard as I can. But I promised myself I won't fall behind. Now that we know they're doing all this to us, that they created this technology, they have the motive, and they, more importantly, they have the wherewithal. I knew there was crazy technology. I knew there were people talking about injecting things in our body and controlling us and harming us. I never thought they can get away with it. Well, now, if you don't think they can, you must have been asleep for two years. So, today, rather than go through some of the news of the day, there's a lot really going on that I'd love to get into. You know, Fox News hires Bruce Jenner, which is emblematic of Fox, the Republican Party, and the phony conservative movement. We have Vanity Affair. Vanity Affair, Vanity Fair has done a surprisingly great article on EcoHealth and Peter Daszak that three months before the officially recognized start of the pandemic, the Wuhan Institute of Virology took down its databases of 22,000 virus samples and sequences. Again, this was all planned beforehand. This was all worked out. We have so much going on. We have more information on that crazy ivermectin study. There's like 20 fraudulent points to it. So I've been tweeting about that. You can follow me on Twitter at Conservative. And I don't even know where to begin. But just to say that we have to prepare for what is ahead. We now know that they've been planning this bio-warfare, bio-terrorism on our bodies. Not just control, but to degrade our bodies for quite a while. And they have so many more irons in the fire. <clears throat> and it's not just vaccines. And that's what we're going to get to today with two special guests. So we're going to get to them right away rather than waiting like we do on a typical day, kind of do half news of the day and then have a guest. I really want to dedicate today to our guests warning about the graphene oxide likely in the shots, about 5G technology in general, and then how the two mix together. Electromagnetic energy, how that is being used against people already in bioterrorism from adversaries, but how it's going to be used domestically and how it's already affecting people. I thought this was crazy when I heard about it, but the evidence is there. We're going to have our special guest present it. First, just a note. Just wanted to make sure you guys are um, aware of this. We are having another Constitution handgun defense training, this time in Whittington NRA Center in Raton, New Mexico, courtesy of Patriot Academy and Rick Green. You can go to constitutioncoach.com, and there's going to be a button there to register for the course 
May 22nd. It's five days starting in two, uh, Sunday. Sunday's Constitution training. And then we have four days out on the range. You learn how to shoot from a holster. You learn how to clear malfunctions. It is an amazing vacation. It's the best training you can get. It's so much fun. I'll be out there. You can meet meet me, meet other Patriots in the audience. Um, we could try to strategize together and form some of our state teams that we haven't yet formed in some parts of the country. So again, I'll be there May 22nd, God willing. Constitutioncoach.com is the place to go, courtesy of Patriot Academy. So as I mentioned before, we're talking about transhumanism, digitized humanity. That what we're learning is this is not just a matter of using the pandemic and using the shots to control us out of fear, to control our businesses, the mandates, what we can do, what we can breathe, how we can breathe, but literally turning us into not just lab rats, but almost like birds that get messed up around air traffic control towers where they can control our body. We've known the technology is there. Um, now we know Bloomberg announced in Bloomberg News from the CEO of Pfizer, the secret formula that Borla is protecting is much more complicated than a simple recipe. Pfizer shot has more than 280 materials made by suppliers in 19 countries, many of which are protected in one form or another. This is straight up open source in Bloomberg today. So we know two of the things. We know the spike protein. We know know the lipid nanoparticles. And that's enough to destroy humanity. We've talked about the scope of short-term, long-term injury on so many episodes. Uh, but what are the other 278 uh, components of that formula? What else are they doing? And what else is degrading our health? What else Are they tracking us? And what are the other technologies have been used already? And how do the two tie in together? So we're going to bring on today Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers. We've had him before. He's the Green Beret doctor in currently uh, on his way out of the military after decades of service. Um, so he has the national security standpoint. He has the medical background we're also going to have joining him, joining us today as well, is international lawyer Todd Callender, who's really not gotten enough credit in uh, all, all of his lawsuits fighting COVID fascism. You know, we've had some of these Patriot attorneys on before, and surprisingly, I haven't had him on, so that's, uh, that's my fault. Um, but I just want to kind of give you guys uh, a little bit of an introduction, because we haven't done this before. And then we're going to get to Pete and Todd uh, for the rest of the show. So real briefly, um, if you haven't studied the Havana Syndrome, roughly 200 U.S. diplomats, intel officers, military officials, um, State Department personnel, roughly since 2016, they've noticed that they're experiencing a strange and often debilitating set of neurological symptoms uh, after having gone on these, these trips overseas. And it sure seems like the result is it's the result of some sort of sonic or acoustic weapon. Um, a report was released just last month. I never got a chance to uh, delve into it, but we'll talk about it today uh, by the DNI. Um, uh, Avril Haynes, he put it out straight, plain English, pulsed electromagnetic energy, particularly in the radio frequency range, plausibly explains the core characteristics, meaning of these uh, injuries they're seeing that they call the Havana uh, syndrome. They notice the sudden onset of the symptoms, the fact that it seems to hit the same people in the same space, and the fact that it often affects one ear is proof that it's not some sort of natural or known neurological syndrome, but clearly some sort of external force, again, likely electromagnetic energy being applied to them. Uh, just a couple months ago, uh, the president signed the Havana Act, helping American victims afflicted by neurological attacks, which authorizes additional medical and financial support for intel officers and diplomats affected by the syndrome. So is this just kind of foreign actors attacking us, which is bad enough? It's a big story. How widespread is this? And does this tie into domestic technology that's being used? And how does it tie back into the clot shots well, with us today is none other than Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Pete Chambers and Attorney Todd Callender. Thank you both 
for joining us today. Thank you, Sergio. Great to be here. All right, so that's my amateur version of it. Now I'm turning it over to you. So let's start with uh, uh, you, uh, Dr. Chambers. Um, I never really heard of this until late last year, the Havana Syndrome. I didn't realize this was going on for several years. Um, You heard me kind of give the basics to people. Could you elaborate on this, the scope and severity of what you're hearing and what we've, we've seen throughout the world? Daniel, thank you. You know, I'm going to allude back to just one real, real quick uh, a disclaimer in that, uh, you know, I still have a few more months before I get out. So obviously the, the information that I'm sharing today is based upon my facts uh, that I've witnessed uh, information and beliefs. So this is not the DOD. This is not the Texas military department. So that being said, yeah, we, we, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the special operations world, in the military in general, we always consider anything that any bad actor, any, any enemy that's known be it uh, a known entity or bad actor, they give you, you, we have to be prepared for the most dangerous course of action. We call it the MD-COA, you know, an acronym for everything in the military. And then the most likely, we know what, we know what has happened. We know that the Havana syndrome is a real entity. We know that anomalous health injury is the nomenclature given by the DNI and the intelligence community is a real entity. How bad is it? You know, that's, that's the big question. And has it continued? And yes, it has. First-hand information, uh, there are things that I will not talk about today because of the fact that there is investigations going on still in areas all the way from the Pacific Rim to Europe to uh, embassies that still experiencing these, these type of, they're calling them hits, so we use that term, these hits, and these are happening, of which uh, I am intimately involved with some cases with soldiers uh, down south that uh, we, we're, we're investigating, so we'll just say that. So you're saying this is much broader than even what I presented with the you know roughly 200 people? Absolutely, it's much broader in that even the Department of Homeland Security just recently released a uh, a memo to their personnel with a call, a hotline, and a and a uh, email to uh, be able to report such things. And and it's it's talked about openly on open source. This is not something that is only kept in the shadows at this point. So. Uh, other law enforcement officials that I deal with, all the way from uh, Texas Rangers, all the way up to, uh, the, like I said, the Department of Justice officials, are talking about it openly in, in groups and in working groups. The IC has created, uh, as you alluded to as well, the D- Director of National Intelligence on that one February release of this year, uh, of this year, release of the anomalous health incident, redacted though it was, but it's able to be read through. Uh, the complementary efforts that are going on. So they created an expert panel. And of this panel, these are, these are the world experts at that, at that level, the intelligence community that, that have been coordinating to, uh, for findings to, to, to find these specific answers. You know, what, what foreign actor is involved, if, if it is, uh, not if, but who it is, and, and what, what, what techniques are they using? In your professional opinion, I mean, do you have any supposition based on the fact that it you know it seemed to start in Havana or the first time we noticed it but then we've mm-hmm. seen it um I think in the report it talks about some of the Asian countries that are kind of close to China um and maybe maybe even elsewhere in the world so mm-hmm. it would clearly not be one actor right correct this is a technology that's available to anybody with the wherewithal to do it I mean, heck, the, the cartels have enough money. They make $400 million a week down there on the taxes, taking people across the border. My goodness, they can, they can pay for the technology. The technology is there. You know, we use the technology in the form of an LRAD, a, a long-range acoustic device, for crowd control. That's just vib- vibratory uh, magnetic pulses that is, that is uh, delivered in either a pointed or a wide array to use for crowd control. Well, I can take a 5G tower if I want to, and I can amp that sucker up high enough to I can, you know, put you to sleep on the street if I have the ability to hack that system. So do people have the ability to hack systems? Yes. If I was to be a bad actor, would I, would I use that? Yes. I don't have to put a guy on the ground with a gun. Wow. Okay. So now I, w- I want to bring in Todd here because you've been fighting 5G and international law for a while. It's something I never paid attention to. And, you know, I figured, I don't know, we're getting microwaved forever. There's all sorts of crazy things. We probably shouldn't be using this technology, but we're using it anyway. 
and whatever. I mean, I knew there was a a surveillance concern, an espionage concern with 5G in China, but I never thought of the health issues until I started seeing the shots and I started seeing the plethora of neurological injuries that seem to be accelerating. Um, yeah. So, Todd, how does how do you feel this ties back into 5G? Uh, 5G is just the fifth generation of the very same technology. It seems to include a, a broader range of frequencies. All of this is based on electromagnetic radiation and, and different frequencies that they can use either to benefit or to harm or kill people, um, depending on what it is that they're trying to achieve. It, and none of this is new. Uh, fairly recently declassified is a document from the Defense Intelligence Agency called Biological Effects of Electromagnetic Radiation um, Eurasian communist countries. So this is where they were looking at what was happening in the Soviet Union. Um, it dates back to 1975. The author is Ronald Adams and R.A. Williams. And uh, I can send you a copy of it. But the, the point is that all the way back then in 1975, our country was aware of this and concerned about it as a weapon. It's very clearly dual-use technology. And as you go through the different um, generations, right, 1 through 5G, Different frequencies were utilized and installed, depending on where you are on the planet. Some countries have gone to the 5G network um, seemingly without a reason. Right? That, that's the, the anomalous part we can't understand. And I think it ties back into a lot of things, uh, in, including you know, the COVID, the vaccines, all those kinds of things. What I would say to you um, as a concerning point is that while everybody was locked up in their homes, for the last two years, the crews that install this kind of apparatus were given essential services passes, and they installed 5G arrays on every single public school and most private ones and other places all across the United States. Um, Dr. Vleed is somebody we also work with, and she's been showing a mesquite tree outside the school um, somewhere in, in Tucson. You know, as soon as they put it up, the tree started being damaged, and within a few months, the tree is dead. So all of these things are actually nuking people, and, and, and that's what we're talking about. These are microwave ovens, and some of these towers are, are 3 megawatts in power. That's enough to power a city of 60,000 people, and each tower of that size and, and, and that kind of an array has that kind of energy for what purpose? For faster downloads? It's absurd. And you might also remember... Um, at the time when uh, Mr. Trump was trying to get the border, you know, the wall up, the, the Democrats said, oh, no, no, we don't need that. We've got an electronic wall. Nobody knew what they were talking about. Well, we, we have a clue about that. Uh, the good Dr. Chambers was down around uh, the Texas-Mexico border. And, and doctor, I, I think it'd be helpful for people to understand what kind of a border wall we really have down there. Correct. Yeah, um, I would love to, to give you the uh, the open source version of it. And it's so the border wall is really, you know, Trump created a few miles of it, you know, in maybe maybe 50 miles across the whole of the southern border uh, that I that I'm aware of. I'm only going to speak of what I know of. And then we created a, a chain link fence, uh, which Governor Abbott went into fixing, you know, uh, the problem by doing that, which is, you know, there's multiple reasons why that's not going to work. But then you have the listening posts, observation posts along the border, which are manned by soldiers 24-7. Um, this is the great state of Texas. Uh, sons and daughters are standing to, standing to watch, uh, you know, something I did back in the 80s on the North and South Korean border, and now they're doing the same thing down here. And when you're in close proximity to something, uh, you're potentially uh, a, a, a target for somebody, a nefarious actor on the South side, or if somebody can get a hold of the, like I said before, the, right behind us, you know, now the, the enemy is within uh, where the, the ability to deliver that EMF, uh, that frequency, that pulse type radiation uh, can yeah. debilitate you. It can it can knock you out. And, and you suspect that's it's, been it's, going it's on around there. the border. Say again. You suspect that's been going on around the border area. Uh, I suspect it. I don't have anything you know, actionable that I'm going to talk about at this time, sure. but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely suspect it. I always suspect, you know, I, I prepare for the worst. So, so, so we pulled yeah. out some patents. I'm sorry, Daniel. We pulled out some patents when we started looking at this that include force fields 
um, that, that all of these very same pieces of equipment can produce electronic barriers that you can't get through. And you might have seen the Australian protesters some months ago um, suffering burns from the active denial system, which, which operates, by the way, on a 96 gigahertz frequency. And so what we, we do know is that your usual Wi-Fi under the 5G version, uh, that just, sure, but, uh, thank you. Uh, what, I apologize. What I was going to say is that your, your Wi-Fi as it sits now is, is somewhere around 2 gigahertz, and the range for 5G is from 2 gigahertz up to 300 gigahertz. We also know that at 60 gigahertz, 5G, these, these microwave signals are capable of separating the oxygen molecule from the hydrogen molecule. And we think we saw that actually happen in Wuhan when on uh, Halloween night in 2009, the city of Wuhan was the first in, in the world to turn on 10,000 transmitters, 5G transmitters. And within days and weeks, we saw what happened, uh, including people standing in the street literally falling over dead. It, from our expert testimony, people that we've actually entertained to, to swear out affidavits, that the signals were able to literally strip the hydrogen uh, molecule in half and, and so that people would be breathing straight nitrogen instead of oxygen. All of that's doable from the 5G signal. It's also possible to utilize these signals to mimic the very same kind of um, maladies that we see, whether that's even hemorrhagic fever or COVID symptoms. This is all the same kind of stuff you see with radiation poisoning, depending on how severe it is. But to put it very bluntly with you, you know, the, the one gigahertz signal, the microwave signal that you're using in your microwave, it's, it's one watt, uh, as I understand it, I'm sorry, a thousand watts, is just a small fraction of what it is that is being transmitted right now. They're literally cooking people in place, and that's demonstrated by the tree that I talked about sitting outside of a public school in, in Tucson. Why? Why are we doing this? So, so now we've always said that a lot of people have suspected a lot of this technology for years was problematic uh, to our health, uh, much less the surveillance issues. But you're saying 5G is kind of a quantum leap in terms of those concerns, in terms of its power. Yes, that's exactly right. Because of the, the size of the signal, the sign, the cosine, and the power that they're putting into it, you know, three megawatts of power on a 5G cell tower to do what? To transmit movies faster? It's dual-use technology. And I think this goes back to the 1975 DIA paper, which is we're in a war. We're in an arms race. This is, happens to be an electronic arms race. And with this technology, they, they being whoever's controlling it, has the power to, uh, to cure or kill or anywhere in between. And I'm saying that all of the, the COVID-style symptomology that you see can be reproduced and or caused by the very same signals that we're talking about. And there are voluminous papers on this. This is not a question of whether or not it's doable. We know that to be the case. In fact, one of the things that I find even more concerning as it relates to the, the, the shots is we found papers that talk about an 18 gigahertz signal and what effect it has on lipid nanoparticles. It so happens that three one-minute bursts of an 18 gigahertz signal will cause lipid nanoparticles to open up and effectively dump their payloads. So it also looks like this is designed to be some kind of a triggering device, like a, a, a remote activation. And we know from the patents, uh, and Moderna, uh, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson, that inside of these lipid nanoparticles, they've contained what are called oligonucleotides. These are pieces of protein, and these proteins do different things. And we don't have to worry about malice. Right? We already have that now because what we've come to understand is that in each of these shots, they're not vaccines, each of these shots included uh, HIV proteins, thanks to Mr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, I guess, if you want to call him that. Um, and, and the design was for these HIV proteins to effectively disarm the person, the, the user's autoimmune system, so that the lipid nanoparticles can slip past those immunity defenses and into the cells to drop their payloads. What those payloads are, what those fragments are, we don't know for sure, but we do know what the patents say. Some of them are Marburg E. coli, some of them are Ebola staphylococcus, chimeric hybrid pathogens. That's what their patents say. 
I say we should take them at their word. Is it possible that this 18 gigahertz signal will cause the release of these pathogens inside of the people who receive these shots? You know, I'm almost, so, as you're talking, pathogens? I'm, I'm conjuring up almost an image of you take one of those ready-made, you know, popcorn bags to put it in the microwave, and, you know, out pops the co- popcorn from the kernel. Um, that's the vision I'm conjuring up as you're d- talking about this. Is it kind of like you have um, the lipid nanoparticles in your body from the shots, and they're designed to open up when hit with that particular frequency and yeah. unleash these various syndromes, and then... You know, obviously, we had this going on with the Havana syndrome, you know, predating anything with, with these shots. Um, and we have the shots clearly, for many reasons, causing neurological problems. So, Dr. Chambers, are you saying that, obviously, you believe this is dangerous independent of the shots, but is there, evidence, is there evidence that it's you're saying it's exacerbated in those who got the shot versus those who didn't as much as putting gasoline on a fire so 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 dr chambers walk me through this you and i are in an area okay mm-hmm. you unfortunately got the shots because you trusted your your military your your government um you obviously I thought them didn't get to be safe and effective I, I thought them to be safe and effective that's exactly yeah. right and, and you already had a neurological injury from it um, I did not get the shots. The two of us are together in an area, and let's say either some uh, nefarious actor or, you know, as, as Todd is saying, from the existing uh, 5G uh, infrastructure that they keep building, get hit by something, you would be worse off than me? Perfect question. Perfect question. Here's why. If you're going to create a, 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 a biowarfare type of device, and you want to put it into some, someone that by the DMED data alone, the Defense Medical Epidemiology data alone, proves that the rise in d- neurologic deficits is a thousand 10x fold, thousand percent 10x fold increase. Now we have things like in the brain, demyelination. Let's just go with that. That's what I got. I'll be transparent here. So demyelination is taking a wire in your house and stripping the rubber off of it. The myelin sheath that covers the neurons is what protects it. Now you're exposed. You now have exposure. That's, that's supposed to protect that from, you know, God created us and God created us, you know, perfectly in his image. And, and when we were created, he gave us something to protect us from UV radiation, just that radiation alone, right, which could damage you over time. We know that. But here's what happens when you, t- when you introduce this and when you go from 4G to 5G, think about this for a second. You want to talk about the exponentiality of it. 4G gives you 100 megabytes per second information transference. 5G gives you one more than one gigabyte per second. Do we really need that? So when you increase that exponentially, that's, that relates. If you, you could then place that on top of what the, um, the energy that's transferred in that, in that microwave-type radiation, which affects things at a cellular level, yes, absolutely. It, it, is, it is alone without being the guy that's damaged, you know, me, uh, and standing next to you, I am going to be much more susceptible. So if we give that to every soldier and we continue the mandates as we are now, there you go. I mean, you, you can't get any plainer than that. Without getting yeah. into anything specifically related to national security that could be traced back to a specific person or event, mm-hmm. um, do you have evidence of this convergence? In other words, the way I've been you know, having guests on and – you know, we've been talking about this for months. We had a very plausible medical and scientific explanation of this exponential increase in uh, neurological injuries from the shots without coming on to 5G and some sort of electromagnetic radiation, um, just just surely from the toxicity, the inflammatory nature of the LNPs mm-hmm. crossing the bl- blood-brain barrier. So where do you necessarily see that this is contributing. I'm saying we, we could explain it even without that, right? Mm-hmm. It's measured. It, it, it's actually measured now. So as part of the Havana Act coming to fruition, the University of Florida in Miami, as I understand it, was actually tasked with measuring exactly what you're talking about, not just what happens uh, from exposure to the various frequencies in 5G, but what each and every frequency does, because they will have different symptomology. So now... 
if you were, for instance, to make a claim under the Havana Act, you had this anomalous health incident, but what kind? Did it fry your brain? Did it hurt the the white lamb that that Dr. Chambers talks of? Did it it cause high blood pressure? There are so many different symptoms that they can cause depending on exactly what range you were exposed to or hit with. But now they've actually gone to the trouble of studying this. So now Mm the University of Florida Miami has this, and they're the ones providing the assessment when somebody complains of this having happened, whether it's voice-to-skull technology, you know, being, somebody being driven crazy, thinking that you know, somebody's inside their head. We have clients that are, are that are explaining that happening to them. You know, and it's really hard on people, not just from, from it, I get kind of a doubt that you're talking about. How do we know? We can't see this electromagnetic radiation. How do we know? Well, the government was worried enough about it that they actually made a victim's compensation fund and an act of law to compensate people. They actually engaged the University of Florida to, to measure this and, and to be able to diagnose, you know, what frequency gave what kind of a, of a pathogen or what kind of a malady, I should say. So it's not a question as to whether this exists anymore. It's a question of how broadly spread is it, who are the bad guys doing it, and why? And, and I think that's what's scary about your presentation here, because it's scary enough from national security standpoint that if you have diplomats and military personnel overseas being targeted by adversaries with these EMFs, um, ah. this type of technology. Okay. But but your issue is it, that it's not overseas. It's a, it's a domestic issue. It's not overseas, right? Your it issue is, is it's domestic. It so is. could you just give us a little bit of a sense of? I mean, I don't think I have five G on my phone. I mean, how prevalent is this in a given area where you live? Yeah, good. Well, first and foremost, I would point you to the Havana Act itself, and you will note in there that in order to avail yourself to the Victims' Compensation Fund, two two notable things. Number one, the AHI hit, as they call it, um, could have happened anywhere in the world, including inside the borders of the United States. And number two, it is the, the director of the CIA himself who gets to determine you know, whether or not you're going to be able to partake in this. So seemingly you have to be a member somehow related to the intelligence community to avail yourself to that. Having said that, we just saw something from Homeland Security come out two days ago saying uh, warning their own employees. So, um, sorry, going back to, to your question, which was what, Daniel? No, so so I, what, I, what I just said is if you can give an assessment, um, because this is already here, it's not like in the future they might do this. Yeah, and they're setting up sure. 5G everywhere. Uh, how far along oh, are they, where? you know, I live in central Maryland. I don't think I have 5G on my yeah. phone, but how often and where am I getting hit by this? Good. So anytime you're driving along the interstate. So one of the reasons why 5G was pushed and rushed to get in is the autonomous vehicles needed to operate. So if you were to look at a map, and there are numerous maps that will show you exactly where each and every antenna is. You can look it up online. Uh, and you can drill down to see what street corner it's on. But you will see the huge concentration of these 5G towers along each and every interstate. And the reason for that is so that autonomous vehicles, I'm talking about trucks here, right, big semi-tractor trailers, driving themselves up and down these roads. So city centers and interstates and some highways thereafter. So that you can see clusters of them. If you live downtown somewhere, if you live next to a public school, you got 5G. If you're along an interstate, you got a lot of 5G every 400 meters or so. In fact, they don't translate, they don't uh, transmit all that far. Um, it's a powerful signal, but they're easily interrupted. So they're cutting down trees and making sure they're along clear pathways uh, with another transmitter every four to 500 meters. But they're everywhere uh, in, in city centers and, and anywhere there's populations or something that's going to be autonomously operated. So Basically, it's this is already here. It's already upon us. It's, it's not here. a futuristic yeah. thing. How could you describe broadly the political and legal efforts against it? Have we succeeded anywhere? Um, yeah. It just seems like they they get it up no matter what. They do. So in 2019, our law firm was concerned about this to the point we were trying to stop it and figure out a way to stop it. And we did a study, and and one of my legal partners actually found and opined that there were um, statutes in place that if city council members uh, voted against the installation of 5G, it was a criminal Mm -hmm. offense. So you want to talk about strong-arm tactics. There there are no standards 
So the Europeans have adopted safety limits. The United States has not. And Children's Health Defense actually filed suit and won a case, I think it was last year, uh, requiring standards. And nothing has happened since. So the, the telecoms or whoever's behind this are so powerful that you can't even get a court order to, to enforce standards. It, 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 do you know of any, I mean, I'm, I'm not much of a, of a court guy, but, you know, I, I do a lot of work in legislatures. Do you know of any legislature where there's been an effort to try to combat this? No. I know of legislatures that have had hearings, and I know that they have on occasion received testimony from doctors like Dr. Chambers, who will testify and have testified that for purposes of causing uh, laboratory animals, for instance, to have diabetes so they can test diabetic drugs, they expose them to 5G radiation. Right. So none of this, none of this is hidden. It's everywhere. Legislatures have not done anything about it. I don't think there's any attempt to have done anything about it. This boils down to what are you going to do? You got 5G outside your window, literally. Your kids sleep in there. They're being cooked to death. What are you going to do about it? I know of one person in uh, the northeast of New Jersey who was able to get some of the, the, the towers taken down or at least stopped temporarily because they had violated zoning laws. You know, for instance, they, they'd been two feet on the wrong side of a particular line, something along those lines. But without standards in place to, to say, hey, you can't transmit at this frequency, you can't transmit at this power, without some legal prohibition, you know, then, then exactly what is it they're doing wrong? And, and I think there's a, a case to be said that they are committing a battery or an assault, depending on what country you're in. Uh, I'm sorry, what state that you're in and country. The Australians have actually had some luck with that. Some cities in Australia have had to take it down because Australians actually filed criminal complaints to stop it. If somebody's using a device to batter you, to injure you, you have a right to stop it. And I think that's where we have to go. Yeah, yeah I'd like I to mean, add to that. Uh, yep. yeah, let me do it real quick because the FCC, a year before your efforts, Todd, in 2018, uh, their Communications Act, I don't remember the, the specific act, but I know that they steamrolled over local uh, local entities, local governing bodies, as well as businesses in, in, in saying basically almost like an eminent domain. You know, and in Texas, with the uh, Senate bill that I'm aware of, the Senate Bill 1004, which Abbott signed into law, uh, 20 cities in the state of Texas sued the state to try to stop this from coming in. I talked to a city councilman in Houston who said, if we even talk about it now, we could be fined. And the, and the, the person that will be paid will be the telecom companies. <laughs> yeah. Um, How ridiculous yeah. is that? So it's kind of like the telecom companies are to this, what Pfizer is to the vaccine mandates, meaning you could have a private entity that now gets to mandate control of your, your body, your health up until and including killing you, debilitating you. Um, and then again, the two issues do merge. Right, Daniel. And much like the FDA, look at pull up sometime the, the members that sit on the FCC. Pull them up and see where they came from. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're, they come yeah. from the telecom companies. Yup. Um, you know, what I find amazing listening to you guys is that every last piece of um, energy production is hampered and that's why we're suffering to this day with the high prices because they say you have to price in the cost to humanity and global warming and, and all that stuff and yet this is so direct the science i mean it's it's literally the technology like you say was known for so long it's used as a weapon it was used in crowd control to a certain extent this is known um do you agree with the following that the reason they're so successful is related Kind of the same thing with COVID. There's a carrot and a stick approach. With COVID, they use the stick. Fear. People fear pathogens, and we've learned that, that more than anything. They don't really fear global warming, even if they say they believe in it. That wasn't enough to get people to willingly give things up. They're terrified of viruses, and we've learned that. But this is more the carrot, right, that everyone wants better technology, Faster, oh, faster, faster. So, hey, just faster stuff. So we, everyone loves their devices. They're addicted to it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and in some ways, it's almost like freedom. I get more stuff. I get to do more things, uh, um, even though it's kind of oof. overkill anyway. I mean, it's fast enough already. But, but you know, people are into that. Is that what's, what's hooking people in? 
No, it's the Bionet of Things. So you, you would have heard of the Internet of Things. In 2012, the U.S. passed laws that every electronic appliance had to have both a camera and a microphone installed. All of that to be hooked into Wi-Fi systems for real-time intelligence gathering. We're past that now. We are now in the Bionet of Things. And you asked early on, uh, how does this relate to the shots? Well, we do know that the people that have received the shots, at least some of them, are producing Bluetooth signals and have graphene oxide. Well, how do we know that? The Bluetooth signals are easy to pick up. There are tons of videos on it, and you can see it. It's not a question. The graphene oxide, on the other hand, it appears that the, the basis for graphene hydroxide, which is what's actually inside of people, those components are already in people, and it's really a function of the right signal strength to go ahead and create those self-assembling graphene structures. Um, and we know that because we had as expert witnesses, people testify that, that morticians in particular, that they could not put embalming fluid into bodies because their, their veins were blocked with this substance. And they pulled them out, their sheets, and we understand that these are actually designed to be conductive, that the graphene hydroxide is actually very conductive. We have, and I'll send to you a, um, not funny at all, a patent by uh, Bill Gates, funny enough, to turn people into batteries. So our understanding is that you could provide two, um, you could provide two gigahertz of signal to a, a vaccinated person with a graphene hydroxide in their body, and they will actually produce one terahertz of energy. And believe it or not, um, Mr. Gates has got a patent to turn everybody into generators and batteries. So how does that all happen? Right? They, they, they've used the, the COVID as the pretext and the excuse to conduct an installation, a hardware installation to people. It's not enough just to spray you know, crop dust people with lipid nanoparticles. They actually installed them. And that's what's in the shots. And now people are uh, turned into bionet of things, real-time intelligence gathering, taste, touch, feel, see, hear, in real time hooked into the cloud. And it's not like I'm speculating. This is all in papers that people have published, whether it's yep. Elon Musk or, or a variety of others. It's, it's out there. They're saying, we're going to do this, and that was a couple of years ago, and now you have the patents, and, and, and we're seeing the result of it, testable result of it. We're I mean, we, we've seen under the microscope, um, you know, many, yeah. many slides of very perfectly sharp angle shaped organisms that aren't really organisms, but, you know, they're perfectly kind of man-made square um, that you never see anything like that in, in microbiology in the body uh, naturally. Yeah. So you're saying aside from the lipid nanoparticles, you have the graphene oxide problem that could help you know, the, the, the signals produce energy. So are you saying that just yeah. broadly speaking that, you know, if you get hit directly, very intensely, purposely, you know, like, let's say, I don't know, I'm just making it up. I don't know if they're behind it, but let's say Chinese wanted to attack our diplomats and, you know, so that's going to harm everyone, but kind of the general accidental, I mean, it's purposeful yeah. at an installation level, but people living their lives, driving on an interstate, you're saying it could be if you don't have the shot, it might be more subtle. Maybe you don't feel it. But if you have graphene oxide in you, you're going to know it. Let me put hit. it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. It, right after Wuhan turned on their 10,000 transmitters and people were dying in the streets, over the course of the next month, 21 million Chinese in Wuhan ditched their 5G service. They canceled their subscriptions. So what we've come to find is that your 5G service and that little phone you carry around in your pocket or maybe in your bra is a targeting device. It's focusing those beams. And that's what one of our experts said, is that we're all swimming around in radiation all day long. It doesn't become that much of a problem until it's actually focused. So how does one focus it? You're carrying the thing around inside of you, whether or not it's the nanoparticles or whether it's the phone that you're carrying that has 5G on it. So at the minimum, I would encourage people to ditch your 5G service, if not your 5G device. Well, I, well, I think my thing says LTE on did. it. LTE. So I don't yeah. know. I don't think I have it, but, yes. <laughs> you know, yet. Let me, but, let, me, uh, let me add to what Todd just said from the medical standpoint for people listening. They're thinking, what can I do? And that's, that's number one. You know, take your phones out of your pockets. Don't sterilize your children by having them run around with them in their pockets. Because 5G will will essentially 
eventually castrate them or, or uh, you know, spade and neuter them. And that's that's just a fact. Okay, that's number one. I told my kid years ago to not do that, even with his 4G, 3G, whatever it was. You know, move to a smaller place that doesn't have a 5G network. Look at your schools. Talk to your city board councils. Go in and talk to your sheriff and say, hey, I want to launch a criminal complaint. I mean, Todd, would you agree with me on that? Absolutely. In fact, uh, we, we've been working on that exactly, is, is listing right. out the elements of the crime to create a form complaint that people will be able to grab and, and complete a couple spaces and go and file this. I think half the problem, just what you said, Daniel, is that people don't understand this is a very real threat. I mean, it's a, it's a live threat. This very moment, you know, the flick of the switch, depending on what frequency they want to send, they could literally cook everybody right now. In fact, one of our experts said that 10 three-megawatt towers around the city of New York could nuke everybody, nuke, I mean, microwave, cook people in place right now. So who's got control of that switch? Who's in charge of that switch? It's, you know, the FTC had to back away when the FAA said, your 5G signals are interrupting the radio altimeters on airplanes shooting the approach. <clears throat> if they're willing or able, I should say, to, to interfere with radio navigation of an aircraft to the point where the, the FAA banned 5G within two and a half miles of an airport, then what's it doing to you? Right. Um, well, we're we're the we're like the birds. <laughs> I mean, that uh, <laughs> yeah. we we get uh, yeah liquefied by that. And again, I would have thought you guys are crazy, but just from the shot alone, even without tying it into the five G, we see they experimented with different dosing, different vials, and they did uh-huh. the same thing and killed several hundred thousand people, likely short term in the U.S. Injured, God knows how many, and this is just the first year. So, you know, we have to think it's not just pathogens. It's not just vaccines we have to watch out for. They're going to do the same playbook um, in other ways. And and you're saying this this actually did connect it in two ways, the LNPs and the graphene oxide. I do, um, Dr. Chambers, if you could just, from a clinical standpoint, um, Mm -hmm. most of us are likely juiced up with heavy metals for, for many other reasons before the shots. How right. would you chemically identify graphene compounds from the shots versus other metals that we probably got into ourselves? So there, there's a couple ways to do it. One is just looking at a, a under a microscope and just looking at it. But if you if you you know if the parts per million are not enough that that field you do you don't identify it at that point, then there's going to be other ways to do it. Now there's there's ways that I look at toxicity with my soldiers downrange when we come back and we had a bunch of guys you know they were hit by lead poisoning post Afghanistan because of the amount of leaded gasoline in the air you're breathing in the, the exhaust from that. We did what's called a KXRF, which is an X-ray of the lower extremities, which would pick it up through um, your shins. And that's where it deposit lead is heavy. It goes south. Same kind of thing with graphene. You know, there, there's ways to, to do a, a more finely tuned um, X-ray, if you will, to identify these, these things, but you can also use ultrasound. There's ultrasound technology is being refined to such a degree now where it's almost like a, a sonar in a submarine where you're sounding these, these particles and being able to pick that up. And there is some, some studies out there to show that, that uh, certain ultrasound technology can actually treat and break those up. Because if you think about like, uh, uh, what's her name? Ella Fitzgerald, and she sings at a certain decibel and this, there's this thing called the 11th harmonic where she quickly uh, does almost like when they're, they're going to use it in a damaging way, a pulsation, she rises up to that boom. It breaks the glass. Well, glass is made of carbon and carbon is, you know, uh, is, is, is a entity that is in, involved, you know, the, the primary uh, makeup of the graphene. You can blast those things much like we blast with lithotripsy uh, for a kidney stone. So, there's ways to do that, and I believe that the, the, the technology is going to show that we can treat that, and we're working on that. I'm not, but uh, sure. I do know that. I mean, are there on. some detox supplements, like maybe NAC? Would that would that help? I have heard of that, and also there's some, uh, you know, what is it, volcanic ash-type stuff. I don't know if that's the same thing, um, but that will bind it. It's it's kind of like what we use uh, British antilucite to bind the, the, the lead and get that out. You'll actually urinate it out of your body. So it, it, it is a... a it's a binding type of uh, technique. Is it, is it possible? Yes. But uh, the, there's not any studies that I know of right now that are going on right now in a, in a, cl- a clinical laboratory. Um, you know, we're, we're on the leading edge of this right now. 
so so I want both of you to comment on this. Todd mentioned you, you mentioned a minute ago, and it took me by surprise that you feel those Frankenstein clots that you're seeing in the veins and even arteries of dead bodies. And I, I did have one of those morticians on the show uh, a little while back. Uh, so my understanding was it was more of a, fu- a function of the spike protein and microclotting building up over time and fibrins. But you're saying that yeah. could be from the from the graphene oxide. Did I get that right? That's right. Yeah, you got that right. One of our uh, experts, who's a medical doctor and uh, endocrinologist, had eliminated the possibility that this was fibrin. They actually went to the trouble of washing off these sheets. So they, these great giant long blood clots, maybe three feet in length, when they removed the blood, there was a sheath of some semi-transparent material that was very durable. Um, that was left behind. And my understanding is that the testing indicates that that is some form of graphene hydroxide that's created a honeycomb structure. It's very durable um, and it's self-assembling. So if you were to look at what Rice University, who's really the, the pioneer in all things graphene dating back to buckyballs in the 1990s, you know, those are, those are graphene tubes. Um, and they're only one molecule thick. That's the, the key to it. It's the strongest substance on Earth. And it creates this honeycomb structure, and when exposed to certain uh, electricity uh, or signals, right, that's what electricity is, these are electromagnetic radiation, it will self-assemble. Uh, it's also not by coincidence that you've got Dr. Charles Lieber, who's sitting in jail right now, um, who in Harvard Magazine in 2009, if memory serves, uh, bragged about the ability to atomically weld transistors into these graphene particles and lipid nanoparticles. So all of the science is there. If you just look for it, you'll see that they've been talking about this for some time. And I actually, you know, I've got the, the, the compendium of gene modification. All of this is interrelated. It talks about uh, graphene family particles. Um, as well as it does lipid nanoparticles. So it, it, it appears that this has already been done, that this hardware installation has already happened. And if you look at where uh, the next race of weaponry is, you will find that the, the Chinese and the Americans are deeply concerned about the bionet of things that are super soldiers. And in order to stay competitive with this new form of weaponology, it requires software upgrades, you know, at least once a month, a stronger, smarter, faster, more adept. Um, uh, weapon in form of these super soldiers. All of that is is available. It's publicly available information. All you have to do is look for it. And in fact, I've sent you some, and I'll send you more on those very issues. So it, it's funny because artificial intelligence, you know, traditionally people viewed that as okay, humans are just turning everything into robots to get robots to do things for them. Uh, but this is the opposite. No, it's it's turning us into the robots. That's right. And right. That's uh, right. In fact, what about uh, who's the technology guy for uh, Klaus Schwab? I mean, he's been talking about it on stage for the last year. The, mm-hmm. the, the fourth industrial revolution is that we are changing, not, not the machines changing. We are changing into machines. And they brag about it. That if we can, if we can hack the, you know, the bio rhythms, then we can hack the, the genome. And that's precisely what's happened. You know, we're almost out of time here. Uh, Dr. Chambers, this has been, I mean, obviously very, very engaging. Went by too fast here. Uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to these, these, you know, those white, long, stringy things, I mean, they look red when they come out with the blood on them, but, you know, that, that are found in the body. So, I mean, I had one mortician from Alabama on who said he was seeing it in almost half the body suddenly that he was dealing with on a daily basis. This was as of maybe two months ago. Um my question is, why wouldn't you pick that up in live people that are forever going through all sorts of diagnostics for various ailments? I mean, most adults got the shots. Um, well, why wouldn't we you, are like where? I mean, X-rays, sonograms. So these things, you know, it's almost like if you think about it, a chemical reaction, and there's this thing called a catalyst, right? And the catalyst is like the crystal that starts, or the the heat or the, the salt or whatever you add to some kind of chemical reaction that's a catalyst. And all of a sudden, this thing just goes boom, and they coalesce, and they, they, they form up. 
All right. There's a catalyst that happens. So there's a catalyst reaction that's that when is it in the in the chemical reaction? I don't know. I don't know where the catalyst lies. I'm not at that level of understanding. Yeah. But I'll say this, that 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 from my knowledge of chemistry and biochemistry and, and organic, that, that, that this is catalyst related and that we have seen uh, Dr. Well, I don't want to mention her name, but another flight surgeon friend of mine has a specific case with a ischemic arm. And that means a lack of blood supply to an arm, which the arm ended up being having to be amputated because of a clotting like substance. Mm. Okay, so we've already seen, um, oh, that's all over the news, the amputations. It, I mean, you could just absolutely. Google it even. Yeah, um, it's open source. And, sometimes you know, they blame it on COVID, of course, like everything else. But but uh, the, the <laughs> right. no, that that is there. And because what I couldn't figure out is. Typically, things work gradually, but to me, let's say 100% with those fibrin things in the dead body, to me, I'm like, well, when you were at 70, 80, and 90, how are you alive? I mean, you look at those things, and how could right, someone right. even be alive for a minute? That, yeah, in medicine, we call that an insidious onset. So it's, it's there, it's floating around, it's so many parts per million, but all of a sudden, there's some sort of catalyst reaction. And here's what I would, question I would pose as we get close to the end is, is it the 5G that's the catalyst reaction? Is this the trigger? Is it? I don't know. Is it, uh, is it the lipid nanoparticle reaches a certain amount of uh, spike proteins that's created by the mRNA action yep. that, uh, that triggers that and then creates so much more that at this point you've crossed that threshold to create that catalyst? I don't know. But those are the questions that are being asked and, are, and I'm, I'm continuing to ask. I've heard you talk about kidney stones before, uh, that you're seeing mm -hmm. some evidence of these problems in kidney stones. Could you describe that? Right. So kidney stones typically are a calcium oxalate crystal. You know, we sometimes we drink too much, you know, um, pops, et cetera. Some people just have a family history. So it's a different type of crystal, and you can see that. And this is from my discussion with urologists that I know. And they're, they're finding these graphene-type, uh, flattened, almost benzene ring-ish looking stones now that are very flat, very almost two dimensional, but they do have a 3d uh, component to it, but they're, they're a different type that they haven't seen in the, because we, we know in medicine, that's, that's our most common. Well, you're saying it's and not you're getting, jagged. You know, when I, I had a kidney stone before it is, and it's, you know, it it's is, kind of, you know, right. three it centimeters jagged. jagged yeah. Flat top. So if you can imagine like a tile floor, it's, it's a, it's flattened on the top, but they're jagged in the sense it's a, it's a hexagonal, uh, more, it could be, you know, polyagonal, <laughs> I, I mean, for, word, for over a year already, I mean, Dr. Jane Ruby has been on with Stu Peters and some, some of these others, uh, Dr. Carrie Midday, uh, there's several others that they've shown slides of this very early on and probably right, a year ago right. um, of a very perfect looking angle, angular figures that are just clearly right. not, not natural. That is not, yeah, that is, yeah, the oxalate is like looking at a, a, you know, an asteroid, you know, <laughs> It's not. It's not perfectly angled. These these are more perfectly angled, I would say. Oh man, I have a headache just uh, just listening to this. Um, <laughs> Todd, Todd, here's what I'm going to ask you. You know, it, people are going to say, "Look, um, I understand if you have something isolated like a shot. You know, you could choose not to get it. Uh, you know, putting aside issues of possible self-spreading vaccines, which National Geographic actually just published on that. But yeah. But um, they're going to say, look, you know, if, if there's a bunch of nefarious actors, the same kind of master of the universe that's pushing all, every bad public policy you could imagine, how could they avoid the damage? Because what you're talking about with the 5G, I mean, you, uh, there, there's worse places than others, but how would they even avoid it? I'm saying there's no way they don't know the harm. So how would they sure. avoid it? Well, you know, the, the people that do these kinds of things have already invented whatever it is they need to be free from it or to take advantage of it. I, maybe it's helpful. I want you to do me a favor and look up a, an article, the 19-page one, called Minds at War, China's Pursuit of Military Advantage Through Cognitive Science and Biotechnology. And it'll give you a clue. It's exactly that. <clears throat> Who's taking advantage of this, how and why, and how would they exempt themselves from it? My sense is no different than, you know, Bill Gates will not allow his, his own kids to use personal computing devices like iPads. The same was for um, Steve Jobs. You know, they, they're exempting themselves from what it is they're providing everybody else. And, and I also heard, and I believe that to be true, that Gates didn't allow his own kids to get any vaccines. You know, and, and I've been in the vaccine business, done business with, uh, with Gates and his team. 
And I can tell you this, all of the shots are dangerous, all of them. Uh, my family's company was involved in, in the Gardasil um, field trial. So I think they exempt themselves. What, you know, what's different about that? And you find this in a very strange liberal mindset that they're hypocritical in every sense of the word. You know, do what I say, not as I do. Right? And, and that's what we see across the board. So is, but, but is are, 5G are, radiation are you alleging that I don't know. all these people all these people did not actually get the shot. I'm saying, how yes, would they exactly work? that's exactly what I'm telling you. Wait, what? For sure. That's absolutely the case. I, I've seen video after video of, of uh, leaders, world leaders, that didn't even take the safety cap off the shots. Absolutely, that's what I'm telling you. I mean, but not every schlepper Democrat kind of legislator or something. Well, then, okay, then answer me this. Why is it that the CDC, the NHI, and Congress have an exemption from the COVID vaccine mandates? Those are legal documents. They have exempted themselves. So why would, why would they do that if they didn't intend to? And, and, I, and I've, I've, been, I've seen data from the NIH that it's a pretty substantial portion has not gotten it. Um, they have given themselves the authority not to take the shots, all of them. And that includes the judiciary, too, by the way. Oh, they, they certainly need those guys around. We were just talking. I have an article out today on a Florida judge creating a fundamental right to drop boxes and uh, ballot harvesting. You don't have a right to your body. Yeah. Uh, um, bodily autonomy, subcutaneous, right to breathe freely, unrestricted. But you have a right to those drop boxes and third-party uh, 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 ballot harvesting. But uh, that's the world we live in. They're not going to give up. They're not going to give think... up the power. Just yeah. what you're saying. They're not, there's not going to be another election. I'm telling you this. There's already talks about Marburg. How is it that the Marburg provisions of the PrEP Act have already been put into effect? How is it that funding is already Slow down with the Marburgs. Slow down there for a minute because Dr. Chambers yeah. was talking to me about that too. Um, Marburg. So my understanding, again, I, I was concerned that Marburg's looks like a lot of hematological disorders that are very similar to these thrombotic things we have from the spike protein. So I thought it would just be an easy glide into it because um, they could blame the the blood clots and similar things on Marburg's. But you're saying you're worried that's more from something like a 5G technology. Yeah, that's exactly right. We, we know from all the research that we've seen that the, the different frequencies in 5G are capable of producing the exact same symptomology. It has to do with the hydrophilic bonds of the cells themselves. And when they break those apart, they can produce the exact same hemorrhagic fever symptomology, people bleeding out of their eyes or their ears or whatever. Um, that is demonstrable. It's in tons of science papers. You can look it up yourself and I'll send some to you. And what I'm saying is exactly that. There isn't going to be another election. You know, these, these guys are already beating the drum. They've already put into law the, the Marburg provisions of the PrEP Act. There's been 10 deaths from Marburg in the last 40 years, and that may not even be in the United States alone. So why is it that the Marburg drums are beating? It's, the, it, it's no different than COVID. I'm sorry, COVID. It's the next pretext. Right? What happens is power gets consolidated in agencies, the HHS in particular, when there is a national public health emergency. All of your constitutional rights go out the window. And that's what we're hearing from, from Dr. Fauci now. Don't get used to uh, you know, your freedom. There's going to be more lockdowns coming. I'm telling you, the next one's coming, and it's coming right now. We see that there are nurses now training for a Marburg uh, outbreak in the northeastern United States. You know, and I think it's related to the 5G. I think the DHS talking about AHI incidents. Um, the, the 5G network is already set up. We already know it can produce those very same results. Why do we have an 18 gigahertz signal that's able to release these kinds of packages? Why do we have studies talking about that? Who actually thinks this stuff up to say, hey, I wonder if an 18 gigahertz signal will be able to release pathogens inside somebody's body? Well, you know, if somebody thought this stuff up, we should probably take them seriously at their own word that they intend to do something along these lines. And I think that's a good place to close it up from there, what you just said, that now is the time to take them at their word. Don't view the world the way you want the world to be. View it because you don't have control over it. View it the way the people who do control things are expressing it. And that's the, the mistake I feel I've made in the past, not jumping on these issues because I couldn't fathom 
that they can get away with yeah. it. But after the last two years, I think we all know they did they, get away with it. Um, you know, the, the take an HIV test. I'm telling you, if you don't believe me, go and get an HIV test. If you had the shots, go and get an HIV test and see what the result is. I mean, this is this is pretty wild. So here's what I'm going to make you two do. I know both of you are busy, but yeah. we opened up a big can of worms today. I do want to follow up on it, um, and we'll we'll try to post at some point some of the source material I'll get from you. But um, people, you, you're welcome to email me dharwitz at or Daniel Harwitz at startmail.com. And look, if you have questions for either Dr. Chambers or 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 Todd Callender. Uh, let me know, and I will forward them to you guys. So I'm going to keep you guys busy um, because people will have sure. questions, and they're going to be beyond my ability to answer most of them. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, and and let's do a part two sometime soon. All right? Yes, sir. Thank you. Take care. God bless. Thank you. So again, folks, that was Dr. Peter Chambers and Todd Callender. Um, that's a pretty wild way to end off the week, but I will tell you this. You know, look, you you take everything under advisement. I mean, you listen to what they have to say. And the reality is the fact that the shots are causing this, that they have this stuff in them is already proven. The fact that 5G could do this to you is already proven. How much of what we're seeing with the injuries is amplified, magnified, some cases maybe completely caused by 5G? I don't know. And I don't know if they know um, but we know it's there. We know it's a problem. And again, we, we, we can't think of like after 9-11, we thought, oh, it's airplanes. That's how the terrorists are going to attack us. Well, usually it's not the same thing every time. Okay. So now we're like, oh man, now we're going to be on alert for vaccines and, and pathogens. And, and I, I think they're not done because I think it was a very auspicious strategy for them, given that people do fear pathogens. But it could be many other technological things that tie back in and are similar. And this is certainly a concern. And, um, you know, I'll just say from my end, I mean, some of this is we're just so exhausted, so busy fighting so many issues. Sometimes I just, I just, I'm just exhausted. And, and even, even someone like myself, who's as suspicious of our government as one can be, I just don't even want to think about it. I'm like, dude, what am I going to do about it anyway? But this is something we do have to fight. I mean, at a minimum, what benefit outweighs the known risk of 5G? Straight off, who could look you in the eye and say the benefit? <laughs> you can't say it's going to save you from a pathogen. Like, you can lie about the vaccine. I mean, this is, there's no reason. We don't need faster streaming. Okay? It's fast enough the way it is. So what is going on there? Um, but that's the thing. Don't dismiss what people are saying. <laughs> That's what I've learned. And I'm not going to make that mistake again. You know, it doesn't mean every last point that everyone you know, has a suspicion of turns out to be true. Um, but certainly when the foundation of it is true, you got to start looking into that. Because even if just the foundation is true, which it is, that in itself needs to be fought. We already know that's a problem. And, and th these things are all there. You'd be surprised what's out there open source. Um, I never really studied the Havana syndrome much, but I mean, this technology is there. So anyway, yeah, we will get back to some of the other stuff um, later next week. Send me your comments, questions, concerns to Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Give us a five-star rating at iTunes. Hope you guys enjoy a healthy and safe weekend. Till Monday, we'll be back same time, same place. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.